Hey there, welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe. So today's episode is devoted to those entrepreneurs who are easily distracted. Yep, that's the thing I've been talking about more with greater intention, I should say, in the last four weeks. If you, again, listen to Tuesday's episode, you know that this is something I've found just from listening to you that you really struggle with. Now, some of you may or may not ever have been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, but I'll just bet there's a good chance you became an entrepreneur or want to become an entrepreneur because you got a lot of ideas. You're easily distracted. You have a lot of interests. And if that's the case, you likely also struggle to manage that. Like, how do you manage your focus? How do you stay on task? How do you avoid seeing the next shiny thing and not changing directions or jumping into the next course, launching the next product, focusing on the wrong thing, or just how do you avoid wasting your day? How do you avoid doing the things that can sometimes make us feel like we're spinning our wheels? And that struggle, like the struggle to manage your focus is something I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. Even those of you who are really organized and maybe you came from the corporate world and when you had the structure of a nine to five and specific timelines and deadlines and milestones, you killed it. But now that it's up to you and you get to set the deadlines, you get to set the timelines and you get to decide what you're doing next, maybe you're really struggling. So this recording is actually something that could get me banned on Clubhouse. But because I had the permission of the people who are speaking on this episode, I think I'll be safe. And you know what? If I do get banned from Clubhouse, oh, well. See, the thing with Clubhouse is no conversations can be recorded on the app. Nothing can be saved. Well, I just don't see the point of going on Clubhouse right now if, for me anyways, because I have ADD and I need to stay focused, it doesn't make sense for me to spend hours on there unless I can do something with that, if I can share it with you. So myself and Allison Maslin decided to host a room where we were talking to successful entrepreneurs who have ADHD, who have decades worth of success, and each of us sharing our best tips, strategies, little tricks that we have used to not just cope with our ADHD, but to really thrive with it. So I set up my microphone, Allison set up hers, and what you're hearing is that recording from Clubhouse. Now, I've edited out all the other people who asked questions and were on or in that room with us because I didn't have permission from them. However, I think you're going to get the best tips and takeaway, and you'll be able to tell what question it was that we were answering based on the tip and the suggestions that we're sharing with you here. Please do take note of our show notes so that you can follow up with some of the ladies that you'll hear in this episode, including Natalie Jill and my friend Kinney, as well as Allison Maslin. All right. You've just been invited into Clubhouse, but don't tell anybody. Today, what we primarily do, our primary focus is helping entrepreneurs figure out how to start a business. And I kind of specialize in the easily distracted entrepreneur who needs not just the steps spelled out, but they need somebody to say like, okay, no, don't look over there. You don't need to do that right now. This is the only thing you need to focus on, like, because that's what I needed. And so I, I tend to attract the easily distracted so I just want to, you know, share from my own perspective that I didn't get a diagnosis until I was age 45. And I think it was a gift because I had to learn so many different coping mechanisms almost to kind of like hide the fact that I had this issue with my brain. I did not know what it was. I just knew like, man, I wish my brain worked like his or I wish my brain 
could work like hers. And so I would hide it. I would mask it. I had all these like little cheats, all these different ways to be able to look as though I was organized, look as though I could remember, look as like I was paying attention, look like I knew what was going on when a lot of times I didn't. A lot of times I was really struggling. And and I also think because I have such bad ADHD, which I think now is a gift, it directed me into entrepreneurship. You know, I, I believe like many people did like, oh, you got to go to school, you got to get good grades. Well, the good grades part didn't happen, but I did go to school enough grades good enough to graduate. But I was like, there's no way I can do what I set out to. I can't be an attorney. I can't finish reading one deposition and stay awake. I literally cannot do this. I cannot work nine to five. I'm dying here. I'm literally dying. And there's all these other things I want to do. And so I think because of that, a lot of truly successful people you'll find, even if they haven't been diagnosed, you'll find that that they have a lot of these qualities. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I do think, well, I come to this topic of ADD for a few different perspectives. One is that I do struggle with it myself, but I think it impacts people in different ways. I also, I've run 10 different companies and one of the businesses I ran, I was a homeopathic physician for 20 years and I worked with a lot of patients with ADD, uh, children and adults and saw really just firsthand how they were struggling and how it was so impacting their life. And also my daughter who you know, did not, and and I felt so much guilt from this, I have to say, did not get diagnosed till her senior year in high school. And talk about feeling like a loser parent, because here I was treating people with it and didn't even see it. Because she's so smart and so creative. And I honestly just thought she had lost her enthusiasm and was tuning out. And None of her teachers saw it at all either. And then after I got her tested and saw how really a bad case that she had, I don't know, bad actually has helped her. She's super creative and and thriving now, but how much she was struggling. And so I do think some of the things you were talking about, Shalene, is that we do, we try to hide it. We we think something is wrong with us. It affects our self-esteem. We think other people are smarter around us. And so when you're able to finally embrace these qualities in you and then use them, you know, for good to, you know, (laughs) and I think for you and I both, this has definitely been the case because it's where my, all of my innovation comes from. You know, I've been able to see it from all different sides, but it's like, how do we now embrace that? First of all, how is it impacting you, Shalene? And I, you've done some great videos on your Instagram that are so freaking hilarious that I feel I'm like, oh my God, that is a thing. Like I live that every day. I literally like that one day you put, I don't remember what it was. I was running around my house with my purse, trying to get out the door, yelling at my husband, where's my purse? Where's my purse? He's around running around, you know, poor guy. I I have it on my arm. And this went on for like five minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. Allison, how has it affected me? I mean, it's affected everything. It's affected my relationships. It's reflected my confidence at times. It's reflected business decisions, some good, some bad, right? With a relationship, it's hard in a relationship. Even it's probably hard for my employees. I, you know, so I'm regularly 
apologizing to them and trying to explain what it is I need so that I can be better for them, so I can show up better. And after getting my diagnosis at age 45, it's not that a lot of things changed, but what did change is realizing that I had this condition, that it, it wasn't everybody else's responsibility to make do around me. It was my responsibility to set myself up for success so I could be my best for other people. Like, for example, if you're hearing impaired, it's not everybody else's responsibility to stand directly in front of you and know that you need to read their lips. You know, you have to explain that to people and explain why you need that and why it's important. And you just can't get frustrated with that. I have to constantly remind myself that people can't read my mind and it probably feels like I'm being passive aggressive or putting them off or whatever it is. And so I just am constantly reminding people like, you know, this is how my brain works. And if we can do this, this and this, it would really help me to show up in the best way possible for you. Yeah, I think the communication is everything. And, you know, we'll get into some specific tips here. But even in relationship is something that my husband and I have been together for 15 years. And, you know, there were different times of behaviors that would come up that would create arguments with us. I mean, one of the things, and I know you did this on the video, Shaleen, I was like, oh my God, that's such a thing where I'm concentrating. It takes me a while to get into the zone. And I think you're like this, Shaleen, as well. But like, it takes me a while. Like, I have to look at a lot of bulldog videos before I can finally get into <laughs> and start creating all this content that I've got to create and want to create. And then once I'm in the zone and you come and try to talk to me, and want answers of stuff while well, I'm like in the zone, which is, you know, like I can't even hear what you're saying. Right. You right. know, my brain doesn't work like that. And then he he would take it personally, like you don't listen to me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so which brought up his whole all of his stuff. So I think that's really common. And, you know, you've got to give some credit to our partners. I know for me, I feel so bad because I interrupt him while he's mid sentence. And that's not nice. I'm interrupting him mid-sentence because in my brain, I'm like, oh my God, if I don't blurt this out right now, I'm going to forget it. I'm going to forget it. And I'm not even listening to what he's saying because I'm so worried about the fact that I'm going to forget this. And if I don't say this right now, I'm not hearing anything else that he says. So I'm just going to blurt it out. And I will you know, try not to, but my natural tendency is to interrupt him. That's one thing. But yet I'm such a hypocrite because I get mad at him if he walks in and he interrupts me and I'm not even talking. But I'm thinking, and how would he know that I'm even, like in my head, I'm like, you don't even understand when you have ADHD, the process each one of us has to get into or go through to get into the zone can be, it's very particular, and especially depending on what type of ADHD or ADD you have. And by the way, not all forms of ADD have the HD. But for all of us, we have a very particular way that we have to get our brains into the zone. And then once you get in that zone, oh my gosh, it just feels so good. And when someone else can't see what's going on in your head, they come in, they want to interrupt you or ask you a question, or it's a phone call or the Amazon delivery or a text message, it can take so much work to get back to that place. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's when you're in that zone, it feels wonderful because you're really in, I think, your highest level of vibration because you're, you know, whether you're on stage or you're creating content or whatever it is, you're in total alignment. You're not in that scattered place. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. I 
was very much a chronic late night person. I, you know, it wasn't that I couldn't sleep. It was that I didn't want to sleep because my brain was like, I would get in the zone late at night. And it was going to the Amen Clinic and discovering the toxicity in my brain and then doing a sleep study and a sleep study all just to confirm that the problem wasn't I had a, a problem with sleep. The problem was I didn't want to go to sleep. And knowing the damage that that did to my brain, that was a wake-up call. I'd kind of tried to change my sleep schedule for years, kind of, but I really didn't want to. I wasn't motivated to until I saw the damage that it did to my brain and thinking about my kids like changing my diaper and being incapacitated at an early age because I screwed up my brain doing something that I know I needed to do. It just rocked my world. And the very next day, I changed my habits. Like, cold turkey. And I don't do anything cold turkey, but that's something I did cold turkey. I started my workout at 5.30 a.m. Now I start my workout at 7 a.m. And making those changes meant that I had to ask other people to keep me accountable. And I had to restructure my habits and I had to keep reminding myself what it was I wanted. And I wanted a a really sharp brain. And if I was going to have that, I need sleep. Yeah, I think that's, you know, Shilling. And I, I will say this now, my daughter's grown now, so I don't have to get up to take her to school. So my team knows that I don't start a meeting until 10. So I get my eight hours and sometimes more. It's just at a different time. So I agree with you a hundred percent. You cannot operate if you're, it's, it's very unhealthy to be operating on sleep deprivation. That's how they brainwash people. (laughs) Right. I can't be around other entrepreneurs. I don't network. If I hear other entrepreneurs and their ideas and different, like everything's shiny object. And so for me, I have had to be very, very intentional. Like I've had conversations with Natalie Jill, who is a speaker. She'll say like, hey, have you met so-and-so? I'm like, don't tell me about them. Don't introduce me to another. Like right now I'm in the middle of a project and I'm going to go on a rabbit hole and I need to stay focused. So the way that I've been able to do that is kind of like an alcoholic who knows they probably shouldn't be serving drinks behind the bar. I really limit the amount of networking that I do, not because I don't love people. I love people, but I'm too easily distracted. And it's my responsibility to put my blinders up. It's my responsibility to turn my notifications off. It's my responsibility to look at my to-do list every single day and go like, what is the most valuable thing for me to be doing right now? And am I doing it? Because if I'm not, then it's my fault. Like I know to do that. So I have to safeguard my focus and build a fortress around it. Yeah, I think that's great advice, Shalene. And I I think that as your business grows, you become so much more selective with your time. I think I was doing more things in the early days. And now, you know, every moment is precious. And when I have some downtime, I want to spend it with my family. But I'm also really picky of who I surround myself with, too, because I only have so much time. And so I really want to spend it to the people that are generous, that are go-givers, and that are supporting each other. So, you know, I figured it out. We easily waste two hours a day. Easily, right? Getting caught up in an extra Netflix episode. My husband could probably watch more football games than he needs to. Being caught, you know, going through videos on TikTok, whatever it is. Two hours a day adds up to an entire month in your year. What can you do with a month? I mean, you could write a book. You could launch a whole other business. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. I do have 
with my ADHD, I have reservations with Clubhouse. I just have to, I want to put that out there. I don't know that it's good for me. It's why I haven't been on it in five days. And I think it's a dangerous distraction for me. So I, I have to be very careful. Natalie, you are someone who, who you, you kind of tend to do this. You kind of go back and forth like, I know my direction. I'm just focusing on this. And then you're like, you talk to someone else and you're like, I've got a new direction. Yeah. Shaleen, you're kind of my guru on this. You, you check me all the time. Because I am extreme ADHD, I'm like over the top with it. And what I've decided to do with it is, yes, I have to be really clear on my focus. I do a lot of, I use your journal. I use Shalane's push journal. It keeps me on track. I write everything down and I I start with what you taught me, Shalane, every single morning. I look at my list and I'm like, which three things are going to move me forward in my business or my life goals, whatever my goals are. What are those three things first? I carve out the time for that and I give myself permission to have some time in the day to be distracted because if I fight it, then it, it will pull at me. So I literally will carve time out in my day to say, okay, I get this hour or two to just, you know, goof off and do whatever. And it, feel, it does fuel me. It's part of my ADD and it fuels me. So that's how I manage it. But I also am very clear on writing down and focusing on those three things every day that are going to move me forward and keep me on track. I'm glad you said that about you allow yourself to do that. I was watching a documentary about Tourette's and I was realizing like how painful it is to like hold those twitches and ticks in for someone who has Tourette's. And I'm like, that's kind of how I feel if I just force myself to work without allowing myself to get into that place. And so I think that's one really great takeaway for everyone. I'm curious if others do that too, where I have to schedule that because if I don't, then I can't fully get into the zone. I don't enjoy my work and it's a less productive day. You know, like right now, me on here was part of that time. I gave myself this window that I can go on TikTok, I can go on whatever. And like I knew from right now, from four to five, I could just go wherever I wanted to float. If a meeting goes longer than it should, it is 1000% my fault. So it's really nice to be married to somebody who isn't that way, who can be like, okay, wait, Shaleen, this is a total rabbit hole, sparkly item. Can we get back on topic? Like usually Brett has to rein me in like crazy. Like I'm not even allowed to go into the office because then no one will get their work done. I'm a complete distraction. So usually I have to isolate myself. <laughs> I'm dangerous. Yeah, I, I think that my husband helps too with that. I actually have, our team has a picture of a squirrel and puts it up when I start getting off track. And going down that squirrel hole, I guess, as well. And in the moment, it sounds very important that I need to share this piece of information, but clearly it's not. So I think getting clear also on an agenda really helps. And I will say in my meetings, like with my team, I don't lead those meetings anymore. I have put other people on my team into those leadership positions and I'm more a fly on the wall and I'll add things when I need to, but I let them run the meetings because that's, you know, and that's what we really help our clients do is to build a team managed company. So they're able to step away and the business runs without them. That's what our whole focus is. And I, I, you know, I've got to walk my talk on that. So a big part of why I work on doing in within my company is putting duct tape over my mouth and letting them, letting my team shine. I get super bored if someone's talking too long. Like I literally get so bored. I'm like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm gone, I'm gone. How do I leave? This is so boring. Like they're not talking about the thing I want them to talk about. Talk faster, get to your point. 
And I can be that way, which is really interesting. I don't know if it's the type of ADD that I have, but when someone's talking and I don't like get to the point, I really want to choke someone out because my brain has other thoughts it wants to get to, and you're taking too long to get to yours. Let's just have this be a support group for those of us who have this type of brain. <laughs> yes, I am so totally with you. That has happened. Jason and I joke that they have the lead quietly, but when people get off topic like that or the room just gets so unorganized, I want to leave loudly. I don't want to leave quietly. <laughs> we need that option, Kanae. Girl, we need that option. Brooks, my husband, cannot. he always gets a kick anytime I'm with Allison or Aunt Natalia or usually any of my friends. He says, you guys talk so fast and so to the point, like no one else can keep up because everyone wants to tell the whole story behind it. And it's just, this, we just move faster. I love it. I guess that's why most of my friends do have ADHD. You know, I'd love to just maybe if there's anything else, you know, some tips that we might be able to share just as entrepreneurs, you know, some things that you've been able to do just to help you stay on focus and get things done. I know for myself, one of the things I've done to trick my brain is to set date deadlines. Like, for instance, we have a big event coming up in less than three weeks. So there's so much that needs to get done to get this, you know, event get it all together. And so what we do is we'll, you know, we'll write out all the different projects, task it out to who's supposed to do what. Now I'm creating the content because I'm on the stage teaching it and leading it. And so what I'll do is I'll say, okay, here's the date of the event and I'll reverse engineer that. And it's in my calendar. Allison, you got to have this done by this date. You got to have this done by this date. Or, you know, when I was working on my book, I said, okay, I'm going to write two chapters a week and I'm going to put this, you know, I, that's the only way that I could do it. And then I had to shut off everything, all social media, like literally lock myself in a room and, and basically have my husband throw food under the door so that I could do it. Otherwise it just would never happen. Like I wouldn't get it done. So I, that's how I play tricks on my brain is that it is the solid deadline and you know, although I'm the one keeping myself accountable to that. I'll run through mine as quickly as possible. I use post-it notes on freaking everything. I track things visually. So everything that I see can become a distraction or a reminder. So in order to establish new habits or to keep myself on track, I put post-it notes in places where I'm trying to establish a new habit. And then I attach So say, for example, I want to remember to take my medication or my supplements, then I will place those items next to an existing habit, meaning my coffee maker. I use alarms on my phone for just about everything. I carry a day planner with me and it is attached to me with the same fever and consistency as my phone. I've got myself trained to the place where like, if I leave a room without my day planner, the way people get panicked, like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? That's how I am about my planner. I take it everywhere, every room. I literally attach it to me because if I have an idea and I want to interrupt you, I can open up my planner and just write down that idea instead of interrupting people. If somebody interrupts me and I'm in the middle of a thought or a project, I can say, hold on a second, and I'll just write down what it was I was working on. And it's allowed me to be much more patient and easier to work with And it saves me time because I don't have to go like, what in the heck was I working on? I literally just write it down. I also have people who are specifically hired to safeguard my focus. So I have one, I haven't 
personally logged into my email account in I don't know how long. I have one person who goes through all of my personal emails every single day, and then they send me a text message to let me know which ones I need to reply to. And I still don't go into it to reply to them. I will do a voice dictation for her unless it's something I really need to sit down and respond to. I have personal policies that I stick to and everyone on my team and my family knows are really important. Like there as just, you will not get a reply from me if it's work-related and before 11 a.m. There's no meetings before 11 a.m. There's no important decisions to make before 11 a.m. unless there's like a crazy, you know, rare exception. And lastly, I pay people to lie to me. So everyone has learned that if there's something that has to be done by a certain time, you need to lie to me because I need to assume that it's a lot earlier than what it actually is because worst case scenario is I'll be prepared and ready ahead of time and waiting around, which is fine. So those are the things that have worked well for me. Well, Shalene, I feel like I needed to take notes on all that. That was so good. Everything you added. I, I want to add just two things I do. One, I never book ever. It's a total rule. I don't do any work-related appointments or meetings on Fridays. I give myself permission on Fridays to do whatever the heck I feel like. If it's work, it's work. If it's play, it's play. But I don't put anything on my calendar for Fridays ever. That's really freed up a lot for me because I always know I have that Friday. And then two, your push journal is life-changing. Anyone listening to this that doesn't have your push journal needs to go get it stat because it's built for an ADHD or ADD brain. And I carry mine around with me everywhere and they're super cute and all the things. <laughs> Those are my two. Sh- and then, oh, the third thing I wanted to share is I always ask myself when I'm getting sidetracked or getting pulled to something, I ask myself the question, what's my intention right now? What's my intention? Because nine times out of 10, my intention is just being bored and scrolling or just, and I, then that can stop me and interrupt me. But if I can link the intention to something I'm actually trying to accomplish or build or work on, then I'll say yes. Awesome tips. That is. I want to add a few things. I love how quickly you did go through yours, Shalene. I'm going to try to match that. So first, I put play first and last. And that has helped me to stay focused because I play and I get happy and I, you know, the dopamine and all this stuff is going. I allow myself to serve. So I'm like, how may I serve? Like, who can I serve? Who needs me? And Shalene knows I'm all about who needs me. I'm like, who needs me? And I fill it out and I serve because I am not going to be, I can't focus if I haven't served. So I got to pour into somebody first. And so I do that. And then I have this thing called a today list. And it's sort of like what Natalie said. I give myself permission to just do the things on the today list. I might do 20 minutes and do the other thing and do 20 minutes on the other thing, come back. That's the stuff on the today list that I can do anytime I want, however I want and just play around with it. And then the other stuff is like, bam, 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 bam. This has to happen from one to four, one to one forty-five or whatever. I like, like schedule it maniacally. And then I think that's all. Oh, I forgot go time. And then like I put earplugs in, I turn my phone over. Like I don't take it out the room, but I do turn it over. So I don't keep looking at it or anything like that, but like put it out of hands reach. And I put earplugs in and then Jason knows like we, we can't even talk. We can't even say hello. Really, don't even look at me because that will distract me. <laughs> so just look away. Don't like look I'm at me. No eye house. contact. <laughs> exactly. No, don't even because it's like, no, it's terrible. Don't look at me. Other hours, I'll be like, were you going to say something? You know, then I'm interested. Right. So those are my things. Those are awesome. Thank you, Kanae. One thing that hasn't been brought up here that I think is obviously something that's close to my heart and I know is to your shilling is working out, fitness, exercise, 
is critical. I mean, that honestly, it's like when I exercise, it's like all of the neurons somehow come back together in alignment. They're like, oh yeah, thank you so much. It helps me so much to be on track. That has so much to do with the brain-derived neurotropic factor, you know, which is a supplement that I encourage everyone who has ADHD to make sure that you're taking uh, because it just really helps with memory. It helps with connecting synapses. And one way to get that is through exercise. And another way to get that is through supplementation. But exercise has been shown to help stave off Alzheimer's and dementia in general, if it's not the type of exercise that's super long duration and creates oxidative stress, but the type of exercise that we all should be doing on a daily basis is definitely going to improve the condition. So is our nutrition. Our nutrition is key. Like leaky gut syndrome is about the worst thing you could do for the ADHD brain. So is stress. So if you're under a lot of stress and not getting sleep, your ADHD literally makes you dangerous. And I'll bet everyone on here who has ADHD has been in your car where you're like, I shouldn't even be on the road right now. Like I'm going to kill someone. where am I? Like, how did I just get here? And because you've had so many racing thoughts that you realize like, and I've been in car accidents because I've been so deep in thought that I've just completely missed the fact that there's a car in front of me braking. And that was before I started on medication and supplementation and realized how to manage this. But there were times where I felt like I was dangerous. Like I should not be driving right now because I can't control all of these thoughts. And I think that's why, you know, there are a lot of reasons why I think people need to be diagnosed. We do know this. We know that people who have ADD untreated and undiagnosed are at a two-time greater risk of suicide. They have four times greater rate of divorce. They are two times more likely to be substance abusers. And we tend to be more depressive, more obsessive compulsive, and engage in addictive behaviors. And so, you know, even though you might think you have it, it really does make a big difference to get a diagnosis. Shalene, I um, ran over myself with my own car. (laughs) I mean, fully, like over my whole body. So I, this was back when my daughter was about a year and a half old and I, you know, without thinking, jumped into the moving car that was rolling down the driveway to try to stop it. Never do that. So let's end this on a positive note and talk about some of the things that are like make it so cool that we have ADHD. First of all, we see details that other people don't see. And yeah, those things can be distractions. But because we see things that other people don't see, we usually can predict trends like way before someone else does. The difference is in the details and we see those details. That's huge. Our brains thrive on dopamine. So we're constantly looking for stimulation, which means we are insatiably curious. And in order to be successful, you have to be insatiably curious. Even though some of us don't have hyperactivity with our ADD, most of us have very, very high energy. We've got a high ability to connect. And that means that we put out a vibration that other people are attracted to us. We're excited about life. We've got so many ideas that we just can't even relate to those people who are like, I can't think of anything or like, I'm bored. We're like, what? Like we just, there's so many things we want to do and so many things we want to try and so many things that we want to learn and so many things that we see. And that's why it's often difficult for people to understand the way our brains work. You can be watching a a movie and somebody else is watching the plot line and our brains are thinking, 
I wonder how many people are on the set and I wonder how many times they had to rehearse this and you just <laughs> oh start going through like all these strange things and it's yeah. it's really because we see those details. I know I drive Mike nuts when I'm watching movies because I do the exact same thing, but you know, then I voice it. So I need to shut up. But yeah, I think it's, you know, there are two sides to everything, right? Like on one aspect, we can be so super impulsive, but to me, this is because I'm this way and because I get so excited, I come up with these amazing ideas and every once in a while, it's a really good idea that takes our business to the next level. I think the key is then surrounding yourself with people as you grow your company that you can delegate to and that are going to help you put these things into action. That's really important. But I think as we wrap this up, you know, definitely, you know, look at at this as a gift and not that there is something wrong with you. It just becomes an awareness and then finding ways not to just cope, but to thrive and also surround yourself with people that really love you because of who you are. And if you have people around you criticizing you because of some of the issues that you're struggling with, I would say you got to really look at that, you know, because you know, the curb. Yeah, just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> or just kick them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, well, Shalene, this has been so fun. Get Shalene's push journal. I'm <laughs> I'm going to order that right now. And I wrote it down. So oh, it's going to happen. Of course you did. Of course you did. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Allison. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hi, this is Brooke Powers, Vice President at Smart Life. And I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite products that we have. It's our push journal. And we created the push journal because we know that you want to be making progress towards your goals. And in order to do that, you need a better system to hold yourself accountable. The problem is you've tried countless planners and journals and nothing seems to stick, let alone be effective, which I'm sure can make you feel defeated. We believe it shouldn't be a burden to keep track of your productivity and hit your goals. We understand that motivation, organization, and sticking to a routine can be a struggle. We've motivated and helped thousands of people to identify and set goals and stay focused on daily tasks that increase productivity that actually help you hit your goals. Does this sound like you? This is all you need to do. Go to pushjournal.com and order your push journal set. While you're waiting for your journals, Download the instruction booklet at pushjournal.com to get an early start on setting your push goal and to get a little taste of how the system works. Stop wasting money on goal-setting journals or programs that don't stick long-term. Instead, find confidence in using a push journal for life. Trust me, you'll be addicted just like me.